millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better. Like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Roker Report podcast, this time with me, Josh Wilkinson. Um, and I'm joined tonight by the current Sunderland women's captain, Kira Ramshaw. Um, how are you, Kira? I'm fine, thanks, Josh. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, and not only is this an exciting edition of the podcast, it's also somewhat of a reunion for us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because uh, we both went to school together. Um, and I'm very happy to admit that even back then, it was very obvious you were always going to go far in football because you were far better than I was um, and you were far better than most of us, um, definitely. Did you always think that you were going to go far in football? Um, it was always part of my life. Um, from when I was four-year-old, obviously, I started playing um, and I never looked back since. I always wanted a ball at my feet, mainly through my brother, really. Um, but I think when I got to the academy stage, uh, Sunderland Academy, that was when it all got a bit serious and that was when I kind of thought right we're going to make the first team here and that was when it got serious knowing that what could what could be kind of thing mm. and how old were you when you started playing when I started playing for my first team I was four but I couldn't actually play a football match until I was six or seven because right. it was under eight or something like that so oh, I had okay. to train for three years <laughs> until I could actually play I imagine you were probably good enough at five though <laughs> to play with it was the a bit eights. small <laughs> yeah um, so I think it's probably best that we start off with last Sunday's result. That sounds good to you. Yeah, that's fine. Comfortable 3-0 win against top of the table and previously unbeaten Blackburn. And in fact, we were the first team to take any points off them at all um, as they'd won every single game beforehand and they've actually won a game since. Um, so going into that game, how did you how did you all prepare for it? Because obviously it was a huge game yeah. against top of the table, flying high, you know, training must have been intense. How how were you all preparing for it? Yeah, training that week was was intense, and the weeks before that, obviously, we had games in, in and around Blackburn, and we were concentrating mainly on them. But the week of Blackburn, we we all stuck together, and we we knew what job needed to be done. They'd obviously beat us in the effort, in in the cup, then they'd be, then they'd beat us in the league, 
Um, so this was kind of to try and get her to show that we can compete with the top. Um, and I think we did that brilliantly on Sunday. We all stuck together. Um, the the younger, even the younger ones, they give everything they could. And as a as a co team collectively, we were fantastic. Um, can't really knock us for trying. Yeah, and that, I think that three 0 win probably sent shockwaves around women's women's football, especially in that league. Um, so how did that feel afterwards? Yeah, I think that was one of the. Um, the best feelings because obviously people expected us to get beat they expected like Blackburn to probably score three four goals past us to not yeah. so to know that we scored three against them and didn't concede a goal yeah that was a great feeling for all the girls it's pretty crazy that we were probably going in as underdogs yeah definitely yeah. Uh, obviously like I say they beat us twice before so I think everyone expected us to get beat and when that message went out or the tweet or whatever mm -hmm. to show the result I think it would have sent shocks to the league yeah I was I mean I was keeping up there on the Twitter um, and every time a goal went in it was like it was almost the person who was writing the tweets couldn't believe what was happening as well <laughs> it was like <laughs> another goal <laughs> yeah definitely I think because they scored so quickly together as well obviously yeah. we scored three goals in the first half um, that kind of the second half we could we we knew we just solely had to def defend first and yeah. that was when we kind of, not parked the bus, but we knew defend first and then take chances when we get them and we stuck together as a team and then got the end result as well. Certainly worked. Was it slightly bittersweet though? I mean, you're beating top of the table, unbeaten Blackburn 3-0. Is there a part of you that after the game you were kind of like, ah, we just battered them? <laughs> and I know you said that, that they'd beat you before in the cup and in the league, but was a part of you that was like, oh, we should we should be close, we should be top. Yeah, definitely. I think we know as a team that we've dropped points against people that we against teams that we probably shouldn't have dropped points against. Um, especially when we know we can compete with the likes of Blackburn and things like that. So to drop points against other teams, it was harder even at the time because we knew we could have done better. So the the fact that we've obviously competed with Blackburn would probably give us more confidence now for the five games left, knowing that we can compete with everybody in the league. Yeah, and speaking of which, we'll move on to the next game, um, which is this weekend, this Sunday, at home against Geisley Vixens. So for anyone interested in going, kick-off is 2pm at the Hetton Centre. Now, they've lost their last two games, but before that they had won three on the bounce. So are you expecting a reaction from them? Yeah, definitely. I think um, they'll come at us, they will. Um, they'll want the points as well as us. But I think, if we, especially if we play the way we did on Sunday against Blackburn, we'll pick up the points, no bother. Um, I think we need we need to just create chances like we did and keep the ball like we did and we will come out with the three points. Yeah, and, and presumably there's been a focus on not being complacent almost after the, after the, last, the last game. Yeah, definitely. We know now with five games left that we need to push on and get the best from every game possible to try and finish as high as we can in the league. We know that Blackburn's probably going to win the league, which is heartbreaking as well, but to get second place or even to get as far, hot, as far, far as we can in the league, that is, that's our aim at the minute, yeah. yeah. So like you said, it looks like Blackburn might be winning the league, unfortunately, um, which means that promotion is probably not going to happen this year, Yeah. given that um, we're now in the third tier. How is it going from... And we will touch on, and we'll get to the demotion. How is it going from kind of playing in the Super League, a finish at seventh, so there should have been no worries or anything like that about relegation. How is it going from playing in the Super League full time to then playing in the third tier and having to worry about getting you know jobs and stuff like that? 
Yeah, it, is, it has been really hard and it's been heartbreaking for myself as well, to be fair. Because um, Super League One was fantastic. Obviously, we had the coverage of the, the telly and things like that. We had better media. We were we had better crowds. We were pulling in crowds of like 1,500 to 2,000. Yeah. Um, and now you're lucky if you see about 200 to 300 people at the Hetton Centre now. Um, but yeah, we had we had everything that we could possibly wish for, and then it got took away from us from non-footballing reasons, which was heartbreaking. And that meant, uh, like, especially for myself, I had to find a full-time job because obviously part-time jobs and things like that, you couldn't I couldn't live on that, especially. Um, but yeah, so finding a full-time job and then obviously training times half seven till half nine, and then you've been to work and you've been up since six o'clock. And then you haven't got a weekend because they took over by games and things like that. It is very hard, and it it, it does it kind of just feels like you're just working and playing football, and that's all your life is. But at the same time, I wouldn't change it because I want to be at Sunderland and I mm-hmm. want to give everything I can to Sunderland. And yeah. if that means working until six o'clock at night and training until nine o'clock at night, then so be it. And that's why you're captain, I guess. <laughs> so can we can we delve a bit more into the demotion itself? I mean, we've heard a lot about why it happened and, and we've heard a lot about the almost the politics of you know teams not living up to criteria and, and all this kind of stuff but really as a player how was it for you it was heartbreaking yeah I remember getting the phone call when I was on, actually on holiday and we just finished the Super League one it was about a month after three weeks four weeks after and I got the phone call just to say that we will be demoted and at the time I before the before they said what league, I just thought Super League Two, which I right. thought, yeah, that might will push on. We'll sure. get back into Super League One, like it happens, kind of thing. But then when they said National League, it was a bit. That was when I was like, wow, like mm. what's happening, kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. obviously, from being at the club since I was sixteen, I've seen it from its worst. I've seen it when obviously um, parents are secretaries, parents are chairmen, and things like that. To take it all the way up to the Super League Two, win Super League Two, get promoted to Super League One. We done we done fantastic. So to get the Super League one and then have everything in front of you and get it all taken away for your non footballing reasons was was heartbreaking. And was it hard to kind of watch the, the Netflix documentary, I'm presuming you have? Yeah, definitely. Was it hard to watch that and think obviously saw the the kind of the mess that was going on and to think that's what caused that emotion? Yeah, it's, yeah. That's it has been really hard, but as well because I support Sunderland, I wanted them to do well as mm. well. So it was kind of heartbreaking for whammy. yeah, heartbreaking for us to go down to League One and heartbreaking for ourselves as the women's team. So it was a bit of a <laughs> sad time to be honest. I'm more annoyed they ruined your holiday <laughs> by calling you no, while you were away. It was only the away. Monday as well. Were you somewhere nice? <laughs> I was in Spain. Yeah. So you had. Spain. So did you have the rest of the week? Yeah, they told us on the Mondays. So oh, the rest of the week, could have just waited till you got it. back, surely. <laughs> it's all right. I Why did they have to tell you then? <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm sure that if you know, if, if we're going to look towards next season, um, I think promotion, win the league, it's a real, it's a real possibility, right? Yeah, definitely. I think with a bunch of girls that we've got as well, um, everyone wants the same outcome. Everyone's there for a reason. We're all in the same boat. We we come to training in the same boat and the same outcomes basically so to work together and to try and get the club back to where it is I think that's a that's a really good possibility yeah mm-hmm. so obviously we lost a lot of players yeah because of the demotion um why I mean it, it might seem like an easy an easy question 
but why did you stay? And obviously, I'm asking this as a Sunderland fan as well. I wouldn't want you to leave. But I think you've shown your quality this season. I mean, 21 goals in 19 games is uh, yeah. is more than a good enough <laughs> return. So, I mean, you've been chosen as woman of the match 10 times out of the 19 times you've played. I think you could, you've proved that you could play at a higher level. You already have played at a higher level. So what was it about Sunderland or, you know, just the... What was, yeah, what was it about Sunderland that, that you thought, you know what, I'm going to stick it out. We're going to get this club back to the Super League. Yeah, I think since I was even five-year-old, four-year-old, um, playing for SCFC 24-7 girls and then playing for Sunderland Academy, it was always Sunderland. I don't I don't really know any different and I don't think I would want to, to be honest. Um, but obviously living in Sunderland, being Sunderland born and bred, and my whole family supports Sunderland, so it's kind of a proud moment for us, to be honest, especially being captain. Um but yeah, there was offers from other people come in for us and things like that. But my heart lies with this club, and it was hard. Even though it was heartbreaking what happened, I want to try and get it back to where I know that it can be. I mean, it's happened before where we've we've brought the club from nothing, and I think we can bring bring it back up again. And can you talk about those other offers? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No. Obviously, we still have such an exciting squad. Uh, we've got yourself. We've got uh, you know players like Daniel Brown and Bridget Galloway, who um, have both been involved with England. I think Bridget Galloway scored fifteen and twenty one. Yeah. So, are you looking at this as a great foundation to build on for next season? Yeah, definitely. Like um, obviously, when we found out we were losing most of our players from Super League One, that was like a panic kind of thing. Like, who's going to step up? How we're going to have a team? How we're going to compete? Kind of thing. But I think the younger ones that have come in have have proved themselves fantastically. They've they give everything, um, and they do the most best to be honest. Um, Bridget's a fantastic player as well, and she's scored in Super League One, and she's scoring now in the National League. So to have her up front is also a great thing for the team. It's quite crazy, isn't it? The um, the summers that both the men's and the women's team had, because they're very similar. Oh yeah, definitely. In a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, both teams did a massive rebuild. Both teams have quickly gone from you know, the top league to the third tier. But both teams are hopefully going to start rebuilding again and, and climbing the ranks again. Yeah, that's like, like I say, it was heartbreaking as a supporter and as a player to go through both. <laughs> that was a sad time. You're essentially the George Honeyman of the women, <laughs> is, what I'm, is what I'm getting here, isn't it? <laughs> so I'd love to get your thoughts on, on the growth of the, the women's game in general. I mean, I think we've seen in a number of different areas, how, how much it's improving, and you've already touched on it, um, with Sunderland. Um, so there's huge news recently that Barclays have announced a sponsorship deal for the Women's Super League. Um, the deal is thought to be worth up to £10 million and will start from next season and last for three. Obviously, that's huge for that league, um, and saying that there'll be prize money, pot of half a million, which is the first time that's ever existed. So it's not directly kind of benefiting Sunderland, um, but do you think that there'll be any kind of trickle down effect, or do you think that the women's, the, well, sorry, the Super League getting money will then lead to the lower tiers getting a bit of support? It's as fantastic well? that we've got the coverage that we're having right now. Um, it's only going to bring the women's game bigger and better, to be honest. Um, and from seeing it from when I was little to now, it's a massive, massive change. And to have the support and things like in place, like the Bartley's thing and things like that. It, it is massive for even little girls that are joining now or wanting to play football. They can look at the media coverage, they can look on the telly, they can see girl, women playing football and they know that 
they've got something to work towards. Whereas when I was younger, it was all you would join in with the boys' teams, you would play with anything that wasn't that was a ball, a bottle top, or <laughs> a bottle anything that you could play with in school or whatever. Um, but now everything's in place for the for the little girls to aspire and to get where they need to be. So yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. And as for the the coverage and things like that on the telly, that's that's just going to make it bigger as well. Obviously, the population will grow and people will start tuning into it who's probably never watched women's football before, but they'll have an interest in it and hopefully that that coverage can gain more fans and things like that and then that can trickle down the leagues. And I think as well, it's so important in the schools almost, isn't it? Because I remember, I mean, obviously we went to school yeah. together um, and I vividly remember how... I mean, they probably did it subconsciously, but it felt like the, the boys' team was a lot more was was genuinely more supported by the school. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to mention the school <laughs> just in case. But it did feel like you know, oh well, they say the boys' team is is the bigger deal. Um, so do, have you seen or are you seeing more of a an improvement in? you know, how, how girls are getting involved at school with football. And... Yeah, definitely. I think that's getting more equal now. Obviously, when we were in year six, I played for the... I was the only girl on the boys' football team. <laughs> right. um, and even so... I wasn't on that team. <laughs> so, obviously, we went through trials and things like that, the same the same as everyone, but being the only girl on the football team... You... How was that? It, at the time, obviously, because I was so young, I didn't really care, but now I look back and I'm thinking, how did I... How did I not care about that? <laughs> yeah, because presumably there weren't many teams with girls yeah. in their team in year six. Yeah, definitely. But now I think more schools are doing it where they've got a girls' football team, a boys' football team, and the trials and things like that are the same for, for both. And obviously girls have got something to aspire to, like I say, and now there's academies and things in place for them to get into the to get the foot in the door for with Sunland and with teams, other teams in the North East. So was the was there always was there girls teams and boys teams when we were at school? Not so much, no. Not so much. No, it was uh, normally year nine. I think I was in when I was on the actual girls team, mm-hmm. uh, but not up until year nine. It was joining with the boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're giving away our old age here, but this was about <laughs> ten years ago now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so at least it's come on leaps and bounds since. Um, but yeah, I mean. I think I was reading as well that both semi-finals of the FA Cup are going to be on telly, so that's amazing. Going to be on the BBC, I believe. Um, and that nine countries want to host the World Cup in 2023. So I think it's clear that, you know, it's going to be on telly more. And like you say, if girls are growing up, and it's almost, it's the role models thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, is it Alex Scott who's on Sky? I think she's, a lot of the time, is one of the best pundits. <laughs> Genuinely. A lot of people say that. Yeah. yeah, she is. I mean, she does her research. She's smart. She speaks really well. And I think even stuff like that, that girls can can watch Sky and see a female role model in yeah. the sport and think, oh, it's totally normal. Yeah, definitely. I think that's huge. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really cool. Speaking of the World Cup, um, obviously it's this summer, 7th of June to the 7th of July, so we're getting pretty close. Um, and I believe it's actually the first Women's World Cup using VAR. Yeah. which is exciting or not, depending <laughs> on your opinion on VAR, I guess. I quite like it. Um, how do you rate our chances? I think we've got a high chance. I think, obviously, I've got a few friends that play for the England, play for England and seeing the preparation on things like Instagram and Twitter and 
you can tell that they're well prepared and obviously they've they've just won the She Believes Cup um, and that was a fantastic experience for them and I'm sure they'll want to push from that and try and get as high as they can in the World Cup. Yeah, and uh, will you be going to any of the games? We'll probably have games, but right. <laughs> try and get to some. Yeah, and uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the exclusive women's kit? That's nice, it's isn't it? It's quite fancy, I think. <laughs> Although I was looking on the... Um, on the FA Women's on the FA website, um, and it's about hundred quid to get a top with an airman. Pricey, <laughs> bit pricey, lads. I think you're gonna have to sort that out a bit. Um, but there's a long list of excellent players who have played and still play for England, as I'm sure you know. Um, Steph Horton, Beth Mead, Lucy Stanifus, uh, just to name a few. It's probably a silly question, but <laughs> do you still have ambitions of playing for England? And is there a part of you that's kind of like, I wish I was there this summer? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously, especially being involved with the England setup when I was younger, you always have that in the back of your mind, thinking, "Oh, I maybe could have been there," or it's always could haves and and should haves kind of thing. But you just got to keep pushing on, and I'm happy for the girls, and I know for in fact that they'll do the best they can, and hopefully bring the World Cup home. Mm-hmm. And what do you think of Phil Neville as a manager? I think that's fantastic for him and for the girls. To be yeah. honest, I think he's a great role model, um, and I think he's doing really well with the girls. He's, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of his appointment before? Because I was a bit unsure. Because I just watched him one match of the day and I think, ah, the guy's an idiot. <laughs> no, I think he's proven himself to to everybody, to be yeah. honest with this. I think he is taking it on and uh, he's getting the girls just where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so obviously, I mean, you want to keep going internationally. Domestically, where do you see your career going? Are you kind of thinking, right, we're in the third tier now, it is what it is, but I'm going to captain this team, my team, right to the top. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to try. Obviously, that's me. That's me. Aim, especially as captain, to try and win this league, get promoted, and then even better, get promoted from Super League Two. Um, but uh, the team that we've got at the minute, I think we can push on and do that. And that's that's my biggest aim, and that would be a proud, proud moment for me to, yeah. to win that league and to know where we've been where where we've ended up and to mm-hmm. try and climb them back up that would be a proud proud moment be quite a story yeah <laughs> wouldn't it definitely rising from the ashes almost if you like <laughs> um, so we've got some uh, miscellaneous questions for you as well um, this might be a tricky one so I'm going to I was going to say what's who's the best player you've played with but what I'll do <laughs> is say pick a five aside team so right. we need I mean, it depends on what's your formation going to be. What are we thinking? Uh, five aside. Yeah, obviously you need a keeper. Yeah. Are you going two 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 one one? Two one one maybe. Yeah, I mean it's quite defensive. You can go one two one. <laughs> two one one. I would two say. one one. Yeah. Okay, so five players you played with that's in your five aside team, and you're the manager in this weird fantasy world. Ooh, I'd have. Well, it's a toss-up for keeper between Rachel Laws and Carly Telford, but it would be Carly Telford. Um, and then defenders, Steph Horton, Lucy Bronze, mm-hmm. um, Lucy Staniforth and Beth Mead. Mm-hmm. Quite a team. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would win any tournament. And like um, what is the, uh, what's the best game you've played in? Oh... I've played in quite a few good games, to be fair, but I think the one I would have to choose would probably be Millwall for to win the Super League too. Mm-hmm. I think we knew what we needed, how much we needed to win that game, and to win against them, 
And obviously know that we were getting promoted to Super League One. That feeling, even being on the pitch when we were winning, was an exciting, happy feeling that I'll never, ever forget. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's the worst game you've played in? Um, probably Arsenal, I think. Um, we got beat 7-0. Oh. <laughs> um, we have we have played them before and not, yeah. not got beat as much as that, but that time it was a harsh game to play. Tough in. one. Yeah, it's a tough one. Well, listen, um, thank you very much for your time. And uh, it's, it's, a bit, it's a bit mental because we went to school together. <laughs> And uh, I mean, it's been, you know, eight, nine years. It's like it was yesterday. <laughs> it's like it was yesterday. Uh, but I wish you all the best um, with the rest of the season. And uh, definitely keeping an eye on, uh, on, on, on next season as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Kira. Some exchange betting companies run short lived promotions like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAC, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAC is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAC, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.